Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Title Side, Chicago Title, Oklahoma's latest podcast. Today, our guest is Jennifer Arsenault with Keller Williams Elite. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> so you're glad welcome. you're here. Yeah. Uh, my name is David Patrick. My co-host, Ken McBride. Thank you, David. Uh, Jennifer, I wonder if we could start off with you telling us a little bit about how you got into the real estate industry. Uh, it was purely by happenstance. So... I actually was 19, and it was a summer um, where I wasn't taking summer classes, and I went with a friend to pay their rent in the leasing office and noted that the young woman there who seemed to have some kind of something special going on, she had her own desk and cute decorations, and I watched her, and she didn't seem to have a whole lot of customer service or personality, and I thought, mine do that. So the next week, I went and got a job as a leasing agent, and about a month later, got a promotion as uh, assistant manager, and the raise was a little one-bedroom apartment with pink carpet, so mom and dad, I'm moving out. Wow. I did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great story. Uh, If you had a chance to go back and, uh, and, and talk to your younger self, when you were first getting into the real estate industry, what advice would you give your younger self uh, that perhaps you know now that you wish you had known then? Well, it's interesting. I really do value the time. I, I actually was in property management for about nine years and did, did really well, especially for my age in that time. So when I moved into being a full-time real estate agent, I had been watching the getting good for a long time. All of my friends in 02, 03, 04, 05, 06, like they were having a blast. And I wasn't putting my toe in the water yet. I was scared. I was scared to bet on myself and I was pretty attached to the salary. So in March of 07, I finally made the leap. And we all remember what happened in 2008. So I had no concept of market shifting it had never even dawned on me because for much of my adult time around the real estate industry, people were just loving life. So I was not prepared for that. I think I wish that I would have had a, a mentor maybe tuned in a little more um, to understanding the economics. It is definitely a cyclical business, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But, but you know, there are those who say that, uh, that after you've been through a downtime, it makes you better in your career. Would you? Absolutely, yeah. You, you learn lessons you can learn no other way. Yeah, I, great lesson in the fourth quarter of 2008. I uh, got a waitressing job at what I thought would be a great place. It was a fancy restaurant, so I thought I'll make better tips That'll be some gas money because I was not quitting. I was not going to quit real estate and go back to property management. I just needed some cash flow for a month or two. And that was the most inspiring three weeks of my life. (laughs) I had to (laughs) learn wine pairings and the ingredients of meals. And I thought, wow, if I put this much effort into real estate, maybe I could have 
gotten somewhere this last year instead of the fall in my lap business. So 2009 turned out to be a pretty good year for me. That's wonderful. So when when did you become associated with Keller Williams? Uh, It was March of 2007. You had mentioned mentor. Is there somebody that you can say you've looked up to and has really mentored you? There have been so many somebodies. I mean, from my first role at 19, I had a woman, Sheila, that I just admired so much. She was 30 and very cosmetolitan with scarves. And I learned a lot from her. And then um, from there, there was another woman, Kim, that that taught me a lot of discipline, organizational skills, how to run a business, read a financial statement. Um, I, there was another man, Jay Scott, that was just incredible, taught me to be a different kind of steward. Um, and then from there, moving into Keller Williams, I've there have been so many dynamic leaders. Um, Mo Anderson, absolutely incredible woman. Um, around integrity and holding people accountable. She, she really um, taught me a lot about accountability and showing up and consistency um, because I'm kind of a natural procrastinator. I was always that lazy, smart kid. Um, and Diana Kokoska, um, she has been an incredible uh, mentor to me in regards to coaching people and consulting them and helping them to be... Um, the best version of themselves through self-actualization. You know, adults don't really like to be told what to do. And when you ask a great question and it gets them to look at things differently, it can really make an impact. So, so true. So true. You know, from our from our position, watching you come into the Keller Williams here, seeing your growth, I, I, mean, I have to commend you. It, it's really, really been fun to watch. And um, it's impressive. So I want to know kind of what does it take, you know, to take an office from where it was when you came in to where you are now, which am I, am I right that it is now the largest Keller Williams in Oklahoma City? It's actually, if, um, if we're looking at by units, um, I don't know about agent count. I think by agent count it has been for some time, a couple of years now. And um, by units, uh, we're actually um, for a standalone office, not a whole brand of, you know, a bunch of different offices together. Um, in the state, we have more units. And in the Keller Williams uh, franchise system across the nation, we're actually number 16 for units. Really? Yes. And so what is so significant to me about that is units is activity. You know, we have we don't have the highest price point here in Oklahoma City. Sure. We're around 200000 or so. And so to see the few agents that we do have compared to some of these big monster offices and the amount of productivity that they have, I'm very, very proud of them. So kind of go a little deeper into that. What does it take from your point of view to, to get there? Um, well, it takes showing up when you don't want to. Um, I'll tell you, the role, I think, is most rewarded by personal growth. Um, and actually being what you're sharing others to do. Uh, That's what it really comes down to. And so if there was ever a time I was going to ask someone or teach something, by golly, I was going to see if it worked and do it myself. And so um, being vulnerable to shrug your shoulders and say, listen, I I don't know all the answers, but I know we can figure it out. And... um, you know, I've been in front of the agents teaching classes, 
singing to them, scolding them, making fun of myself, laughing with them, and just I often would tell them, you know, this is real estate church. This is where you guys come to get better, to cry, to figure things out. This is our place to be safe and vulnerable. Um, if you make a mistake, you know, just tell me. Don't make me have to try to figure it out. Just come tell me so we can fix it and make it right for your client um, and do the right thing. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's been an incredible journey for sure. Yes, it's fun to watch. When you say those things, it makes me think that you're, you spend a lot of time building a, a culture in your operation. Um, how do these things work together to create the culture you're trying to make? I mean, you know, so often, and part of when I stepped into the role, it was like I believed in Keller Williams. I believed in what they said around God, family, and then business. Um, I believed win-win or no deal. I believed integrity. I believed seek first to understand, you know, that communication mattered. And so I just was going to show up and be the person that said, that's not just something on the wall. That's what we do. And so if there was a class, I took notes and I picked out things to implement. I got buy-in. I, I read, I've read and read and read and studied other people and thought a lot about what was working, what wasn't working, asking questions, you know, um, of the associates. What do you want? What, what matters to you? Getting to know them, building relationships. All the things that we were teaching them to do with their clients and their sphere, I treated them as though they were my clients, you know. Um, and that's what I taught the leadership team um, that were alongside me was, if we're teaching the agents to operate this way with a listing or a buyer, they're our listing. So we are going to operate the same way. Uh, you know, I've, I have been associated with your specific branch for over 15 years. I've never seen it as healthy as it is today. Wow, thank and, you. And I don't mean production-wise. I mean culture. Thank you. Um, the synergies that you have created, you know. Um, are, are, it's just fun to watch. Well, and it wasn't me because I can tell you, you know, those three, four I steps do. that you walk up I every do. day. I do. There's a prayer that I say every single day before I walk into that office. And that's that I'm, you know, able to think, say, and do exactly what is God's will for that day and to work for those people. And so I can tell you there have been days that I've been in the bathroom stall alone saying it again. Um, so I'm not, I cannot take the credit for everything. I'm, I'm, I've been willing to show up. And uh, that's, I agree. It takes a village. Yes. I, mean, I, I fully understand that. I need to ask you, I, I'm, I'm intrigued that you're, uh, you're a reader, and, um, uh, and, and I'm dying to know what are some of the books that have influenced you or perhaps... Uh, something you're reading recently that you think uh, has has been beneficial to you? I think in the early years when I first stepped in in 2015 and 16, the most impactful thing to um, forming the team, forming the culture and bringing people together um, was a book by uh, Patrick Lencioni, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And that made a huge impact for us. And finding... We, and we took it, we slow played it. We took the five dysfunctions and we gave it two months for each dysfunction. 
and worked through it. And so I was teaching my leadership team. I was teaching our leadership council. I picked the top, top, top producers, the ones who intimidated me the most. And I committed to them and, you know, basically begged them, maybe, I don't know how it, it worked, but to come be on this leadership council. And I can tell you that first meeting, they were all, you know, there were, of course, I'm an overachiever, so I had 15. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and top, top producers that are sitting around the table with their arms crossed, not one of them was interested in vulnerability. And so the games and the conversations and the time and the way that they were able to gel going through those five dysfunctions and learning it, we started studying Brene Brown about vulnerability, about trust, all of these things. And um, it became not just me talking about it. Now I've got, I don't know how many I had on my leadership team at the time. I have 10 now. So, you know, one person versus 25 people talking about it. So it just having that conversation continue um, was huge. So I highly recommend that. Probably another one of my favorite books, um, I love Simon Sinek in those early years, Start With Why. We, we did a lot of that, talking about their why and it not being about money, um, about what you're going to do with the money and um, family, things like that. Uh, the Untethered Soul is one of my favorite ones about really learning to be an observer of your thoughts and asking yourself, you know, do I know that to be true? I do read some some fiction a little bit here and there. It's my I'm I like to read a lot, so I have a lot of books going at once. What's your What's your favorite genre? Yeah, I'm a total girl. I would I love chick flicks. <laughs> I mean, it's the best kind of escape. Give me a beach book and a beach and some sunshine any day. Uh, that's I, awesome. Yeah. So that leads me to just the obvious question right now, your vacations, beach or mountains or? Beach, 100%. In fact, I just went to sailing school in the Caribbean. Oh, you're kidding. I'm man. not kidding. I had kind of an eat, pray, love moment in December when I was planning 2020 and realizing that, of course, I was already like, I had all these huge plans and none of them included anything exciting for me. So I hopped on and started looking at flotilla holidays and signed up and left by myself for a seven-day charter with strangers and a sailing coach in the BVIs, and I am now a competent crew. So I, you know, if if you need me to skipper a boat, was it hard? Yes. Was it really? My skipper was constantly saying, "We're not on holiday, Jen. This is sailing school. We're not on holiday. Stop playing on your phone, Jen." And I was like, dude, I'm just trying to take a picture. I mean, it was legit. Yeah, I had <laughs> to wear little so skipper shoes. And I thought I would be at least getting to lay out a little bit. But no, I mean, we'd, we'd anchor off and jump in the water and lunchtime. And that was, we were back up going again. <laughs> That's awesome. 7 a.m. to till about 5. Where was this? In, off of Tortola in the British Virgin Islands. Listen, I'm not complaining. <laughs> Sailing school in the Caribbean. I was yeah. like, I'll I'll be at school here every day of my life. It was That's great. Awesome. It was a lot of fun. That's wonderful. So let's kind of shift gears here real quick. Help me understand your recruiting philosophies. Uh, I don't really consider myself to be a recruiter. Um, I'm a result person. So 
If I say that's what we're going to do, I want to do it with my own people who've already said yes to Keller Williams. And if they have colleagues in the marketplace that want the same kind of results that they want, I find my calendar pretty full. So um, it's really been through attraction of people, you know, saying, hey, I'm not, I don't have anyone having those kinds of conversations with me. Um, I'd say year over year, I have about 350 consultations with our agents. Um, I track them because I like to know. So, um, and it's just through those conversations that they're able to bounce ideas around and we get down to business and what's most important, where are we on track for goal, what's the gap, and look at their financial health and wealth and what's next and all that stuff. So then they have their agent friends and one of them's not doing so well and they'll say, you got to talk to Jen. Talk to Jen. I get it. So technology. Where do you see technology helping realtors? And even more so, how may it roll over to the consumer side? So technology, unfortunately, is no longer a buzzword. I think it's here to stay. It is. Um, I do think... I do think there's a real skill set shift um, that needs to happen because through technology, a lot of our, here's the unfortunate part, the associates who are best serving the consumers, who have the skills and the chops, who know how to navigate that contract in the Oklahoma City market, they understand, they are challenged by technology right now more than ever. And it's pretty disheartening to see because they're, they are who are best serving, right? They know the business. And so having that skill set where they can either get the leverage to run the technology, because it's a tool, right? That's the choice. It's like technology has kind of put us in a place where either the agent's going to be the tool, where they're just unlocking doors for people, and the technology is the fiduciary, or the technology can be the tool and the agent can continue to be the fiduciary. And so I am a fan of the agents because nobody knows the market, the local market, the emotions of what the clients are going through and the intricities. I don't know what kind of algorithm ever could understand that. I don't care how artificially intelligent it is. It's not relational. It's not a person. And we all need that. So those who are really fantastic with technology, um, you know, it's interesting to see their market share change or the way that their communication style is. I think we'll be moving more and more and more. We're driving people back to relationships because I'm sorry, I don't know about you, but I don't read my email. I mean, I am so I'm, over I'm it. jealous right now. Well, I read the ones from the names that I know of the people that I know sent it to me. Right. But the right. ones that are just these canned emails, that is not an activity I'm going to take and put my time towards. And so I think for most consumers out there, we're all just like, it's exhausting um, to, to just be spammed at. So... It can't just be that. It's got to have a person behind it. There's got to be a human touch to the technology. I agree 100, a thousand percent. Thank you so much, and and thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Uh, we try to wrap up our uh, our podcast each time asking the same question, 
And that is, what do you look for uh, out of a title company? What do you want from from your title company? What are your expectations? You know, that's one thing that you guys do at a really high level, and I just finished on it, and it's relationships. And I see it all the time. I see my associates taking pictures here. I see them loving on your closers at all the locations. Um, the closers put them, they take care of them. They take care of their clients. They trust them. Um, and you guys just do a fantastic job about that. We, we know that it's going to get done and you're going to do everything you can to take care of the people. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, we see ourselves as a last step in a long line of a transaction that, you know, many, many, many people have been working for 45, 60, 90 days. And our goal is to uh, not make that last step a, you know, a faulty one. And everybody leaves with a smile. And a soda pop and a cookie. If, if that's what they need, that's if what that's we got. that's what they need. But Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. Words of wisdom, uh, so eloquent. Uh, you, you make me proud and, and just you. super proud to be associated with you. And with that being said, thank you for joining us. And everybody, please remember, it really does make a difference where you close. Don't, don't, don't drop.